Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 18 through 20. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it's written, God catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. These are our sacred stories. Eighteen fifty-nine. Charles Darwin's *The Origin of Species* is published. Darwin argues in his introduction that the view in which most naturalists entertained, and in which I formerly entertained. Namely, that each species has been independently created is erroneous. 1871. Darwin publishes his second book, The Descent of Man. In this work, Darwin directly addresses the debate over the origin of humankind, arguing that man is descended from a hairy, tailed, quadrupled, probably aboreal in his habits, and an inhabitant of the old world. March 1st, 1925. Tennessee Governor Austin Pay signs the Butler Bill into law. This new law is the first in the United States to ban the teaching of evolution. May 4th, 1925. The American Civil Liberties Union took out newspaper ads looking for, quote, a Tennessee teacher who is willing to accept our services in testing this law in the courts. May 5th, 1925. Town leaders in Dayton, Tennessee, hoping to generate publicity and jumpstart the town's economy, as 24-year-old science teacher and football coach John Thomas Scopes if he'd be willing to be indicted in order to bring this case to trial. Scopes agrees, even though he's only taught biology as a substitute teacher, and later says he isn't quite so sure that he covered evolution in his classes. May 12, 1925, former Congressman, ex-Secretary of State, three-time Democratic presidential candidate and leader in the anti-evolution movement, William Jennings Bryan, agreed to participate in the trial on the side of the prosecution, ensuring that the case will receive significant national interest. Several days later, well-known attorneys Clarence Darrow and Dudley Phil Malone announced their interest in representing Scopes. July 20th, 1925. 
With the proceedings taking place outdoors due to the heat, the defense, in a highly unusual move, calls Brian to testify as a biblical expert. Your Honor, the court has ruled out any evidence as to scientific knowledge or the Darwinian theory. Would the court admit testimony about a book known as the Holy Bible? Any objection, Colonel Brady? If the defense can advance the case of the defendant through the use of the Holy Scriptures, the prosecution will take no exception. Good. I call on the expert in the Holy Bible, Matthew Harrison Brady. Uh, I... This, this is highly unorthodox. I've, I've, I've never known an instance where the defense calls the prosecuting attorney as a witness. Your Honor, this entire trial is unorthodox. But if the interests of truth and justice will be served, I will take the stand. Well, the court will support you if you wish to decline as a to testify as a witness against your own case. Your Honor, I will not testify against anything. I will speak out, as I always have, on behalf of the living truth of the Holy Scriptures. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do. Am I correct, sir, in calling you as an authority on the Bible? I believe it's not boastful to say that I've studied the Bible as much as any layman and I've tried to live according to its precepts. Bully for you. Now, as I suppose that you can quote me chapter and verse right straight through the King James Version. There are many portions of the Bible I can quote by heart. I don't suppose you've memorized many passages from Origin of Species. I'm not the least interested in the pagan hypothesis of that book. Never read it? Never, I never will. Then how in perdition do you have the gall to whoop up this holy war against something you don't know anything about? How can you be so cocksure that the body of scientific knowledge systematized in the writings of Charles Darwin are in any way irreconcilable with the spirit of the book of Genesis? Would you state that question again, please? Let me put it this way. On page 19 of Origin of Species, Darwin states... Your Honor! You will confine your questions to the Bible. All right. I get the scent in the wind, Colonel. We'll play in your ballpark. Let's get this straight. Let's get this clear. This is the book that you are an expert on. That is correct. Now tell me, do you think that every word written in this book should be taken literally? Every word in the Bible should be accepted exactly as it is given there. Now take this place where the whale swallows Jonah. Do you really think that happened? The Bible does not say a whale, it says a fish. Matter of fact, it says a great fish, but it's pretty much the same thing. What's your feeling about that? 
I believe in a God who can make a whale and who can make a man and make them both do as he pleases. Now, I recollect a story about Joshua making the sun stand still. Now, as an expert, you tell me that's about as true as the Jonah business, right? I mean, that's a pretty neat trick. You think Houdini could do it? I do not question or scoff at the miracles of the Lord as do ye of little faith. Have you ever pondered just what would naturally happen to the earth if the sun stood still? You can testify to that when I get you on the stand. If they say the sun stood still, they must have had a notion that the sun moved around the earth. Think that's the way of things, Colonel? Or don't you believe the earth moves around the sun? I have faith in the Bible. You don't have much faith in the solar system. The sun stopped. Good. Now, if what you say actually happened, if Joshua halted the sun in the sky, that means that the earth stopped spinning on its axis, continents toppled over on each other, mountains flew out into space, and the earth, arrested in its orbit, shriveled to a cinder and crashed into the sun. How come they missed that tidbit of news? They missed it because it didn't happen. But it must have happened according to natural law. Or don't you believe in natural law, Colonel? Would you like to ban Copernicus from the classroom along with Charles Darwin? Pass a, pass a law to wipe out all scientific knowledge, scientific development since Joshua? Revelations, period. Natural law was born in the mind of the Heavenly Father. He can change it, cancel it, do as he pleases. You know, it constantly amazes me that you apostles of science fail to understand that simple fact. Okay. Listen to this. Genesis 4, 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife. Where the hell did she come from? Who? Mrs. Cain, Cain's wife. If in the beginning there were only Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, Where'd this extra woman spring from? Ever figure that out? No, sir. I will leave that to the agnostics to hunt for her. Never bothered you? Never bothered me. Never tried to find out? No. Figure somebody pulled off another creation over in the other county? The Bible satisfies me. It is enough. It frightens me to imagine the state of learning in this world if everyone had your driving curiosity. Now, the book goes into a lot of uh, begats, and Afrazad begat Sala, and Sala begat Eber, and so on and so on. Are these pretty important folks? They are the generations of the holy men and women of the Bible. How'd they go about all this begetting? What do you mean? I mean, did people begat in those days the same way they get themselves begat today? The process is about the same. I don't think you scientists have improved on it any. In other words, these folks were conceived and brought forth through the normal biological function known as sex. What do you think of sex, Colonel Brady? 
in what meaning is this question asked? I'm not asking what you think about sex as a husband or a, a father or a, a presidential candidate. You're up, up here as an expert on the Bible. What's the biblical evaluation of sex? It's considered original sin. And all these people got themselves begat through original sin. All this sin and make them any less holy? Your Honor, where is this leading us? What does this have to do with the state versus the defendant? Colonel Drummond, the court must be satisfied that this line of questioning has some bearing on this case. Your Honor, you've ruled out all of my witnesses. I must be allowed to examine the one witness you've left me with in my own way. Your Honor, I'm willing to sit here and endure his sneering and disrespect for he's making the case for the prosecution. I object. I object. I object. On what grounds? Is it possible that something is holy to the celebrated agnostic? Yes. The individual mind and a child's power to master the multiplication tables. There is more sanctity than in all of your amens and holy holies and hosannas. An idea is a greater monument than a cathedral, and the advance of man's knowledge is more of a miracle than any sticks turned to snakes or parting of waters. But are we now to halt the march of progress because Mr. Brady frightens us with a fable? Gentlemen, progress has never been a bargain. You've got to pay for it. Sometimes I think there's a man behind the counter who says, all right, you can have a telephone, but you'll have to give up privacy, the charm of distance. Madam, you may vote, but at a price, you lose the right to retreat behind a petticoat or a powder puff. Mister, you may conquer the air, but the birds will lose their wonder and the clouds will smell of gasoline. Darwin moved us forward to a hilltop where we can look back from where we came. But for this view, this insight, this knowledge, we must abandon our faith in the pleasant poetry of Genesis. Uh, we must not abandon our faith. Faith is the important thing. Then why did God plague us with the power to think, Mr. Brady? Why do you deny the one faculty that lifts man above all other creatures on the earth? The power of his brain to reason. What other merits have we? The elephant is larger. The horse is swifter and stronger. The butterfly is more beautiful, the mosquito more prolific. Even a simple sponge is more durable. Or don't you think a sponge can think? I don't know. I'm a man, not a sponge. Do you think a sponge can think? If the Lord wishes a sponge to think, it thinks. Does a man have the same privileges as a sponge? Of course. 
The defendant wishes to be accorded the same privileges as a sponge. He wishes to think. But your client is wrong. He's deluded. He's lost his way. It's sad that we aren't all gifted with your positive knowledge of right and wrong, Mr. Brady. How old do you think this rock is? I'm more interested in the rock of ages than the age of rocks. <laughs> Dr. Page of Oberlin College tells me this rock is at least 10 million years old. Well, well, you managed to get in some scientific testimony after all. But look, Mr. Brady, these are the fossil remains of a prehistoric marine creature found right here in this county and which was here millions of years ago when these very mountains were submerged in water. I know. The Bible has a fine account of the flood. But your professor is mixed up on the dates. That rock is not more than 6,000 years old. How do you know? A fine biblical scholar, Bishop Usher, has determined for us the exact date and time of the creation. It occurred 4004 BC. That's Bishop Usher's opinion. It's not an opinion, it's a literal fact, which the good bishop achieved by careful computation of the ages of the prophets as set down in the Old Testament. In fact, he determined that the Lord began creation on the 23rd of October in the year 4004 BC at uh, okay, 9 a.m. That Eastern Standard Time? Rocky Mountain Time? It couldn't have been Daylight Savings Time because the Lord didn't create the sun until the fourth day. That is correct. That first day, was it a 24-hour day? The Bible says it was a day. There wasn't any sun. How do you know how long it was? The Bible says it was a day. A normal day? A literal day? A 24-hour day? I do not know. What do you think? I do not think about things that I do not think about. Do you ever think about things you do think about? I mean, isn't it possible that first day was... 25 hours long there was no way to measure it no way to tell could it have been 25 hours it is possible oh you interpret that first day recorded in the book of genesis could have been an indeterminate leap I mean to state that the day referred to is not necessarily a 24-hour day. Could have been 30 hours, or a month, or a year, or a hundred year, or years, or 10 million years. I protest this is not only irrelevant, immaterial, it's illegal. I'll tell you what he's trying to do. He's trying to destroy everybody's belief in the Bible, and in God. You know that's not true. I'm trying to keep you bigots and ignoramuses from controlling the education of the United States. And you know it. I shall ask the bailiff to remove you two from this courtroom unless there is order here. 
How dare you attack the Bible? The Bible is a book. It's a good book, but it's not the only book. It's the revealed word of the Almighty. God spake to the men who wrote the Bible. And how do you know God didn't spake to Charles Darwin? I know because God tells me to oppose the evil teachings of that man. Oh, God speaks to you. Yes. And he tells you exactly what's right and what's wrong. Yes. And you act accordingly. Yes. So you, Matthew Harrison Brady, through oratory, legislation, or whatever, pass along God's orders to the rest of the world. Gentlemen, meet the prophet from Nebraska. How dare you? It's gospel according to Brady. Brady, God speaks to Brady and Brady tells the world, Brady, Brady Almighty. No, no, each man is a free agent. Then what is the defendant doing in the Hillsboro jail? Suppose he had enough influence and lung power to railroad through the state legislature a law that only Darwin should be taught in the schools. Ridiculous, ridiculous. There is only one great truth. The gospel according to Brady. God speaks to Brady. Shepherd, and Brady tells the world. Down in Brady, Brady Almighty. The Lord is my strength. What of a lesser human being, the defendant or a Darwin, has the audacity to think that God actually might whisper to him no. that an unbrady thought might still be holy. Stop. Must men go to prison no. because they are at odds with the self-appointed no. prophet? Extend the Stop testament. It. Stop it. Let's have a book of Brady. We'll slip you in numbers and between numbers and Deuteronomy. Stop! The witness is excused. July 26, 1925. Five days after the Scopes trial ends, Brian dies in his sleep in Dayton. He is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. The words, he kept the faith, are inscribed on his tombstone.